0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Faye and I'm joined once again by Samuel Lutker. Samuel, we do not have a game at the weekend, but how are you in United should be in action by the end of the week when they play their final pre-season match against Everton. Plenty of interest in that, particularly because there should be so many senior players returning to the squad as well. What can we expect from this week ahead at United? Some transfers announced and, like we said, that final pre-season game.
1: Well, hopefully, Varane will be in Manchester by the time that game comes along on Saturday, and he lived on his promo shots and his medical. I think with those things, sometimes the the promo shots and the, uh, the the transfer trailers, if you like, are more taxing than the actual medicals that United players have to go through. But it's it's not quite as bad as Alexis Sanchez and the and the piano or Pogba with with Stormzy that time, where it, the, the the hype really. Just went far. To, it went far too much. I think United acknowledge that these days that the unveilings are a bit more low key than they used to be. Um, although R- Richard Arnold is never going to be able to live down. I think. I think he actually called the Sanchez promo iconic, which is 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 a is, is a banned word for me personally because ever since someone else in the newsroom said how much they hate that word, it's just stuck with me. But it, it does it does strike me that iconic is is used far too far 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 too often. I I suspect it will be a pretty quiet week on the United front unless something sudden happens. Um, Harry Kane is obviously dominating the news agenda at the moment, particularly given that he didn't turn up for Tottenham training this morning. So the the focus transfer-wise, it seems, is is going to be on Tottenham and and City this week with with what's going on there, with what could happen with Jack Grealish as well. Whereas United... uh, it's, it's a nice situation for them to be in because they've, they're not getting involved in the strikers market this year because they've re-signed Cavani. Um, they, they will be getting involved in it next year, of course, because they'll need to, but they're in a position of relative luxury in that they've got two big signings done and dusted already more or less anyway with varan and the squad is shaping up quite nicely for the start of the season that they're not going to have all their business done for the start of the season there's no chance of that happening there are a lot of issues still to address on the outgoings and the incomings fronts but given that they've got a week's worth of training now in scotland at st andrews which was organized relatively late in the day because they they Decided not to go to Malta in the end because of all the difficulties um, that going there would have entailed with with the pandemic. Still, it's I suppose it's quite a nice week for them, and it's also a particular relief for Solskjaer that, and, and his staff that they're able to have a week's worth of training with a lot of senior players back after the um, the scare of the um, the outbreak on, on on Thursday, which which turned out just to be a, a, a faulty bunch of lateral flow tests that came up with false positives
0: yeah i guess that is at least in, in ironically that is one positive ahead of the new season though that that has been contained to, to such a degree and samuel before we maybe we get onto united issues too much there you did do that piece today on the men so if you've not read it this is from monday's edition that we, we're talking about now where united stand on 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 the striker plans ahead of next summer really and you know you've wrote about harland and, and kane extensively throughout the year anyway so Cavani, it's almost the elephant in the room. Everyone's expecting this to be his, his last season in English football before he maybe does go back to, to South America. Where do United stand there in terms of strikers and the Harry Kane developments? What type of interest is that to United fans specifically? It'll be interesting, particularly,
1: first and foremost, I think, if, if City don't sign him, what do they do? Because you've seen... I know guardiola sometimes you don't believe it's the case with all managers i think every manager on the planet has said something that has been a fear ball that you you can't believe at the time and i, I think guardiola's guardiola's idea was probably his his crocodile tears over sergio aguero and how they can't replace him well they, they can replace him particularly because he wasn't a first first choice last season by any stretch but when guardiola said they can't afford a new striker, uh, I think there was an element of truth to that because, I mean, Des Beagle would not have to dig very hard to find some FFP infringement. If City somehow signed Jack Grealish and Harry Kane, That that is the best part of a quarter of a billion pounds without net, of course, but that's still a hell of a lot of money for a club that posted 160 million pound losses for 2019, 20 season have had next, next to no match day revenue uh, for 17 months as well. I think sometimes, not not everyone in, in, in our industry, but sometimes a lot of them are just detached from the reality of it. If City somehow signed Grealish and Kane, I think Alexander Seferin would send blood again um, and, and, and go after City because there's just has to be some kind of investigation had there if that was to somehow happen. But our colleague Liam Callers did the story on Sunday about how City just can't justify a move for Kane if they get Grealish. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they won't sign Kane. I could easily see a scenario that Grealish gets left by the wayside if it suddenly becomes possible to sign Kane. But Tottenham privately decided and have been adamant that they are not letting Kane go this summer. It doesn't reflect well on Kane or his brother. They seem also detached from reality and that Tottenham are privately saying he's not for sale city are saying that they can't justify a move for Kane if they're going to sign Jack Grealish which looks like more of a much more of a go now than than Kane is so by not turning up for training all Kane is likely to succeed in doing Is alienating a fan base who he's about to, he's going to have to play for for another season, and it'll be interesting to see how he's perceived in the media as well. There are certain players, if they actually conducted themselves the way Kane has, they would have got absolutely pilloried by now. As an example, and it's a relevant one, Paul Pogba. Yes, he's wanted out from United for three years, three and a half years, but his professionalism has been pretty, you know, pretty sound and widely appreciated by people at the club, and he's he's very likeable. I think he's just gone about it in a way that most players would go about it, but there's never been any suggestion that he's refused to train or refused to play despite the odd mischief-making report, usually from... I think it's usually from El Chiringuito in Spain, unsurprisingly, which if anyone's seen their um, their greatest hits, they, they won't be surprised by that whatsoever. So it's interesting, again, with Kane, because if he is marooned at Tottenham for another season, can anybody really see Tottenham getting in the top four under a coach that they were really put off by when they first explored the possibility of hiring him? Uh, I, I, it's such a tall order, even with players... Even with Son and Kane in the squad next season, it it still just doesn't strike you as a team or a squad with the capability to break back into the Champions League places at the expense of United, City, Liverpool or Chelsea. And then Kane's got two years left in his contract next year. And that is the point where Spurs must have to cash in. He'll be 29 at that time. There will still be a club out there interested in him. Um, Whether that's City, I, I don't know. But obviously the problem for Kane next year is that Erling Haaland's release clause becomes active. Kylian Mbappe will probably have run his contract down at PSG. And I think if you're Manchester City and you've got a choice of those three, Kane is probably bottom of the pile. Haaland is a generational talent and so is Mbappe. Mbappe, I think there's always been this expectation that he'll end up at Real Madrid. It's Madrid's good fortune that Mbappe is out of contract next season, sorry, next year. And nobody's going to be signing him this summer. Uh, so they've, we, weirdly enough, it's almost as if Real Madrid, it feels like they've got a free run unless their finances are so dire, they can't somehow get his salary together, get get the signing on fee together, intermediary fee. But Madrid usually find a way with with these deals. And I think next year, they'll probably be back on it, if you like. I mean, this year, they're not doing an awful lot, but they've still signed David Alaba um, on a free from, from Bayern Munich, but it's still an impressive piece of business that offsets Varane's departure. So the, the trouble, the biggest mistake Kane has probably made in his professional career and his brother is not refusing to turn up for training today or doing that interview with Gary Neville. It was agreeing to a six-year contract with Tottenham in 2018 because he's priced himself out of a move. Why the hell should Tottenham, I mean, this gentleman's agreement thing, it just sounds so naive on the kane brothers part as if you know, daniel levy such an intransigent uh chairman who i think there's that quote in michael carrot's book when he said you, you i might as well have been talking to a brick wall when he was trying to get his way and force through his move to united so I, it it still wouldn't surprise me if maybe in, in 2 years from now Kane is somehow still at Tottenham because next summer because of how it's changing and the need for certain clubs Kane probably won't be as in demand as he is um as he is this year because he'll be a year older it's not like he'll be coming off a major tournament or a season where he'll have done phenomenally well i, I think most still fully expect Harry Kane to have a very good season in the Premier League irrespective of who he's playing for but it's a big ask again for him to match those numbers of last season, where I think he he, he was the uh, he won the playmaker award for assists and he won the golden boot uh, for goals scored as well. So um, it's it's a pretty fascinating story that's that's developing. But again, I think Kerry Kane's got a problem because he, he's he's really not thought this one through, dating back all the way to signing that six-year contract in 2018.
0: Yeah, it's cool be Like you said, this I'm very interesting to see how it develops, and who knows which summer will finally get a, a solution to that and a resolution to, to what's actually happening regarding his future. And I guess as well, it also highlights just sort of how professional Sancho and Varane were during their transfer sagas and how well United have done to get two professionals like them into the club who, you know, won't upset the. The ethos at all, and they're definitely going to buy into Solskjaer's, you know, what he wants both on and off the pitch as, as individuals, but, you know, back on T United, and like you said there, Samuel, the, the the training camp in St. Andrews, the three-day three day trip to, to Scotland, Harry Maguire, Lindelof, David De Gea, and Phil Jones back in the folder. Yeah, What's the latest on this? And like you said, it's come about because that trip to Malta couldn't be sort of finalised due to COVID regulations, etc. But what do United hope to achieve from, from these days away? Just, it'll
1: be another intense week of training. I think Jose Mourinho once called them closed weeks where you've not got a midweek match. And really, Salskiar should know or have in mind what his team is going to be for that Leeds game uh, next week, as it is now. It's, it's just under two weeks' time because there's only one more official friendly to be had. It wouldn't surprise me if they have a behind closed doors game because they missed out on that Preston game at the weekend because of that positive uh, batch of tests for, for COVID 19 that came through, uh, which forced the cancellation of that game. But because it's another closed week, because they've got only one game at the weekend and that clearly is a dress rehearsal from the kickoff time, the stadium venue, the type of um, opponent in Everton who finished just below Leeds last season, I think below or above, I think they're next to each other in the table. It's it's an opportunity to to gear up for Everton next week, what is clearly of interest to us and Supporters, just going from the first batch of photos, is that there's a welcome back for Maguire, for De Gea, for Lindelof. There's not a welcome back for Pogba or Luke Shaw or Anthony Marshall. And and of course, you'd expect that because Pogba is back in Hale. Uh, Luke Shaw is back as well from his holiday. Uh, from what I was told, apparently they flew out on Sunday, um, most of the squad, and some were flying out today to link up with them and that might be because of um as i understand it in one player's case because of quarantine rules he couldn't fly out with the rest of the squad pogba was seen out and about um in Hale on on saturday so i think it was, it was saturday anyway I, um so I, i'm not too sure why he wouldn't be on the plane but you'd imagine that if if united were arriving in st andrews with their squad that pogba would be one of those players pictured or, or maybe we're underestimating um, the the way that the club operates in terms of its media side but when you've got a picture of Phil Jones and Jesse Lingard and Nemanja Matic you'd expect if Popper was on the plane for there to be a picture of him given his popularity and his and his profile but there's no sign of it so I I think we're kind of as much in the dark as as fans as far as the pictures are concerned but that that was all I heard that the apparently the squad travelled on most of the squad travelled on Sunday and some were linking up with them at the start of this week. So um, we await the next batch of images or the first the first training
0: footage. Yeah, I'm sure we'll uh, get some more hints dropped over the next few hours and maybe over the next few days. But as always, for us on the Manchester News for, for all that goodness as well. I'm sure we'll have someone seeping through all that uh, training footage pausing it through grainy blurry footage to see whose face might be whose and identifying what united have been up to in training but we'll have that over the next few days samuel another one Another piece that you've done today alex teller's still in a brace as well looks like he's going to be out for the first few months of the season first month of the season at least back in sort of september luke shaw still hoping to be fit for that for that opener against leeds from what i last heard yes uh
1: i think Tellers in a protective boot um, because of the, the ankle injury. He had I think when we were at the game last week, I think Simon Peach who thought he saw Tellers on crutches, and the confirmation is pretty conclusive from that picture out an orderly edge. So it, it doesn't change it's, from what I've been told. It's not changed Brandon Williams's view on, on wanting a loan, and he certainly needs a loan. I, I, I would have been amazed if Williams himself thought, okay, I can you know get a find my way back into the team here it's you know it, it would have been it would have been a knee-jerk reaction to that but he's he's still being advised that uh that alone is the way forward and that's needed so it, it makes infinite sense uh after he stagnated last season and also that the cover is still there in that Dallow can play at left back he, he was obviously culpable for Brentford's equaliser in the two all last week and he, he's not a natural left-sided fallback but for the time being, he's he's reasonable cover. As I said, United are going to be doing dealings um, up until deadline, I'd imagine, in this window because of the way it's gone. And they've done they've done well so far to get two major deals done, uh, all but done, as I said, in Varane's case. But there will be outgoings and incomings going on, I'd imagine, until um, until the final day of the window. But this might be the the quietest week United have um, in August, and and they're still expected to to unveil Varane.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's still a little bit of a very busy August ahead. So in terms of quietness, it still might be quite loud, uh, but there could be louder things to come. So yeah, Varan, like you said, you were touched upon that at the start, just waiting for all the paperwork to be signed, medicals, promo shots, all that fun stuff. And then we can have that official unveiling, like you said, maybe minus the piano this time. In terms of our business, um, like you said, Brenda Williams, be two people who could leave on loan. Any other exits that, that we can sort of expect, you know, the season's still so close and there still seems to be so much up in the air. It does, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of fans saw the
1: quotes uh, Andres Pereira gave to Freddy Caldera, and the Brazilian journalist, at the weekend about his his situation. I, I can I really cannot recall a, a footballer who is more renowned for their pre-season form quite like Pereira is. I I, I saw um, I'd even forgotten that he scored a pretty good goal against. San Jose earthquakes in 2015 on tour and and thinking during that tour that he, he he'd had, you know, quite a good two weeks or whatever it was. So his preseason form actually dates back about 6 years. It's not just to the last tour in the states in 2018. He's he's had a this consistent run of actually always performing in preseason and he scored He's probably scored his best goals in pre season, thinking of the Liverpool free kick in Anna Harbour. And then, of course, the, the Tony Yaboa tribute against Brentf- Brentford last week as well. Um, it's it's quite reassuring that I, I have not seen a single United fan think or suggest that he should stay just because he did well. He won in from 25 yards
0: on the volley. Um, he, yeah. he's I've not read really that, that opinion piece <laughs> yet. <but> you <laughs> have to stay well away, don't you, by, by this time? Yeah. It's just the, the, the amount of false dawns he's had as well, Samuel. Like you said, that no one believes almost that. That hype now, and the fact that yeah. one goal, you know, even in his quotes, he said to himself, I'm not a boy anymore. And, you know, he's one of those people who've almost fell into the trap of Lingard, have always been called the United Youngster when he's not young. He, you just got to yeah. accept the fact that you should be in your prime now. You should be playing week in, week out for a top European club, and he's not. So, like he said, something needs to happen, seriously, doesn't it? But the valuations maybe might be hard for a team to match because. United can push it from their point of view that, look, he is a player. He's been around this long. He's got quite a good sort of back catalogue. He's He's got quite a good reputation still. But a buying team's maybe going to find it hard to, to put up the type of fees United might want.
1: Well, I think Freddie Caldera had it down as €25 million, Euros, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, and it's easily forgotten his last two loan spells have not been successful in in two separate Major, uh, two of the five major leagues in, in Europe with, with Valencia in Spain and then Lazio in Italy. Um, I know he's got just under two years left in his contract and he, he's you know, he's played for United to a, a reasonable level. He stayed at United for nearly 10 years, remarkably. He made his debut, I think, seven years ago this month in that MK Dons match. He's probably I think it must be him and De Gea are the only survivors from that. That graveyard game, if you like. Everybody else was sold pretty quickly afterwards, but Pereira is still lingering, excuse me, all these years on. But I think he's 25 now, isn't he? Um, you think of some of the United Academy players, what they were doing at, at the age of 25. And, and I include Lingard in that because he, he'd he started to get going by that point. He'd start, certainly achieved a fair bit. By by the time he turned that age, I think he'd he, he won the... Major, all three major trophies he's won so far. I think he was 24 at that point when they won the Europa League final. So it's, it's been known for quite some time that it's not going to happen for Pereira and that he's not he's not at the required level to um, t- t- to operate in the United squad. But if United are holding out for that kind of fee... And, and there is an element of that going on across Europe in that clubs are idealistically holding out for these ridiculous fees and then reality kicks in and eventually the player... Is, is allowed to go, but they're not. I think they if they were to sell Pereira permanently this summer, and I still think that's a big if because of his his lowly status, his, his his season on loan at Lazio, and how that was pretty subdued to say the least. That they would do well to get an, an eight-figure fee for him uh, if he was to go permanently. I, th- I think it's still another of those transfers that could feasibly end up in being a a loan fee, but he, he's going to have to go and. I don't think anybody's fooled by his relative prominence in these pre-season games.
0: No, particularly now that, you know, that sort of hype and that the belief the fans still had was, was pre-Bruno Fernandes. As soon as he came in, the, the bar was raised impeccably, you know, in, in his position. And many of the youngsters as well are in attacking positions. And, yeah, I think the Pereira hype train is, is long gone now. Uh, Samuel, final sort of part of this podcast. I'm not sure when the next one's going to be this week uh, in podcast form. Anyway, we will still be doing our Facebook Live, so keep an eye out for those on Man United, MEN. But the game against Everton this weekend. Uh, producer Ash wanted us to sort of talk about what we can expect to see. Maybe just in terms of personnel, like you said, this is the last dress rehearsal now before the start of the season. Lots of players still haven't had any minutes in, in pre-season anyway. we expecting United to go full strength from the off on Saturday? As,
1: as strong as they can be, I, I still think that, as, as idealistic as it sounds, I don't think they'll be able to start the team that will start against Leeds in a week's time. Sancho is clearly not at this training camp for at the start of it anyway. Again, if if he was getting off the plane, he'd be one of the first players pictured. Is Pogba there? Is Shaw there? Uh, are they going there? When did they go there? I've, well, I've been talking here like someone else's message and said, oh, apparently the staff went out on Sunday and the players and other staff went out, um, on Monday. So I'm, I'm, I can't keep up really. I just, it's something that I'm happy to stay out of now that they're at St. Andrews, that's that. Um, but we can't talk to Zolskar until Saturday. So already there are a lot of questions as to who was at this training camp. They won't be able to conceal it. I mean, it's interesting already that they've not bothered putting out a training squad, which is what they did with Derby. And it, Quite understandably, aroused suspicions over one player's absence. And if they were to have put out, I mean, they still might, but if they put out a training squad list for the St Andrews trip and there's no Shaw and there's no Pogba and there's no Marshall and there's no Henderson, maybe, then it, it, the questions are just going to pile up. But all it does is delay the questions being asked on Saturday because th- the club needs. Frankly, the club need clicks more than we do in terms of the way they they operate. I, I don't say that in a cheap way. I just say it in a way that it's it's a quiet time. There's no game this week. Uh, there's no midweek match. Uh, so the fact that United are in St Andrews training, it's a chance for all sorts of experiments, social media interaction um, pieces on the and website. Just to kill that
0: speculation as well. Surely, from a club point of view, you just want to address these are the ones who are there. These are the ones who aren't. This is why.
1: Yeah, and then you yeah, have and, that, that sort of and, and they, around it. They could do that, and they might as well do that. I think if I was advising them, I'd say you you might as well do it, and then you can just you can kill it, and then there's not that uncertainty that lingers, and people aren't speculating about Pogba, and it's not giving license to certain overseas outlets or it, some some domestic outlets permission to speculate over Pogba's future or speculate what's going on with marshall who's not not been seen for four months, over four months, whatever it is. So it it would make sense. But I think they're quite conscious that it's kind of a a lose-lose basis. They're they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't, because if they put that squad list out, then people are going to ask questions and they don't want to, just from an editorial perspective, they probably don't want to put everything all out in one go as well. They'll probably want some Solskjaer quotes for tomorrow, some Solskjaer quotes for the next day. I mean, that's that's how we operate quite often, particularly um, during tour times as well. So that, that, as I, I agree with you, though, that it, it, it nips it in the bud because I can imagine already on Twitter, people are asking, where the hell are these players and why haven't they been pictured? Because United have probably not helped it as well by putting pictures out of Lindelof de Hayat and Maguire and said, welcome back. And it's just those three players because I've immediately, fans, you, myself, are thinking, where's Pogba? Where's Shaw? It's it's the, it's the obvious question to ask. So m- maybe they'll provide that clarity. If, if they don't, then we've got the chance to ask those questions on on Saturday. But it, it is interesting how, how staggered the times or the return dates of players have been. And I, I think each... Each player, of course, has their own conditioning and they have to their bodies have to be treated in different ways. I mean, I've not even mentioned Cavani or Fred even, um, who are also clearly not pitching. They've been uh, at the Copa America. I think it's kind of not as much a surprise because they've been in a different continent. But if you're Pogba and you went out of the Euros nearly five weeks ago now, I think it was, that, that France-Switzerland game, I think people are entitled to wonder where he is and whether he's training with United yet and and particularly because he is back in England as well so as you say nip it in the bud and it makes life easier for all of us if you don't nip it in the bud then at least we've you know we've got to run it on Saturday after the
0: Everton game yeah, watch this space. We should say, and yeah, after that Everton game, we should have more clarity, particularly on Saturday. You never know, the pre-match as well, there could be some updates on that. But we'll bring you all the latest news on that later in the week. And like I said, stick was on the MEN for all the build-up to United versus Everton on Saturday. So that leaves, I think, just about done today samuel like i said we will be back sometime this week for a facebook live i presume to give more sort of transfer specific updates and if you can maybe put your notifications on for when we do go live then you can get your questions in and we'll do our best to to answer them about anyone in particular but that's all for today samuel thank you very much for joining us on the manchester is red podcast thank you rich appreciate it as always and thank you very much for listening, whatever you might be. As always, please do leave a like, a review, wherever you may be. And please do subscribe as well and help us grow. Like I said, we'll be back on Facebook throughout the week and we'll see you again next time.